Welcome to the Positive Health Project podcast, a place for positivity and hope to help you recover well from cancer. We explore evidence-based ways you can improve your health and well-being after a cancer diagnosis and share uplifting stories from cancer survivors. Here is your host, Hope Spencer. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Positive Health Project podcast. My name is Hope and thank you again for spending some time with me today. This episode is part two of my chat with Dr. Andrew Ong. And in this part of the episode, we are focusing on thyroid cancer surgery, also known as a neck dissection. So as always, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode and learn something new. Let's move on now more towards the thyroid cancer side of things. So the the neck dissection surgeries that happen with thyroid cancer. Um, uh, What sort of potential side effects? Obviously, the neck is quite an involved and delicate area. Is there some some sort of common side effects that someone might expect after having surgery for thyroid cancer? Yeah, so for neck dissection, um, the the main thing that we sort of focus on with physio is, is... um, people having sort of lateral neck dissections, they're the ones who really have a lot of limitation of movement. Um, and you certainly have seen quite a few of my ones and I'm sure, you know, other people's ones. And, you know, it's a long incision uh, and how the scar uh, remodels after surgery um, depends a lot on movement. We've just talked about that yeah. of the neck uh, after surgery. So, uh, in my opinion, and, 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 you know, just like you get lymphedema of the breast from an axillary, axillary clearance, you can get lymphedema of the upper neck uh, and also the scalp and the, the head uh, after neck dissection. And I think, um, you know, that the limitation is with, you know, movement of the head in all directions. Uh, and that impacts a lot of what we do, driving, you know, putting our clothes on, uh, activities of daily living. Uh, and, you know, the scary thing is that data showing the incidence of thyroid cancer in Australia even is increasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as to why that is, we're not sure yet. That's not good. Um, to well, again, I think the incidence of a lot of cancers is is increasing. Um, but thankfully, the way that we treat them and having great surgeons like yourself definitely help make sure that those outcomes are as good as possible. When it comes to neck dissection, obviously, um, people can have instances where nerves need to be sacrificed. Is mm. Yeah. So what sort of um, impacts does that have then on, on the person's recovery? So the neck dissection we do these days are called functional neck dissections, whereby um, we spare the major nerves to, uh, you know, that, that are responsible for movement uh, and sensation. So, um, you know, the major nerves, for example, a nerve that <clears throat> is uh, responsible for shrugging our shoulders. Now, you might think, you know, shrugging shoulders, well, who cares about that? Mm-hmm. But um, that, that actually is, is critically important for not just shrugging off the shoulder, but also uh, if you're not able, to, if the nerve to the to the shoulder to the trapezius is injured, um, you can get adhesive capsulitis or frozen shoulder, and as you know, that's 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 bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's tough. Um, you know, you, you also get nerves to your tongue, uh, nerves to your voice, 
uh, and nerves to your breathing muscle, the diaphragm um, that we that we make all our effort to preserve during the operation. What what does get sacrificed are nerves that supply sensation to the um, uh, upper part of the collarbone, the top part, up to the area of skin above, above the collarbone. Uh, in the neck, um, and that's variably preserved. Some patients, you know, suffer from significant numbness above the patch of skin above the collarbone, while some patients have no change at all. Um, and obviously the part, the patch of skin above the sky and the neck is also numb as well, and that can sometimes be quite distressing for patients uh, as well. Yes, it, absolutely. But hopefully, you know, nerves obviously do have the capacity to uh, to heal, I guess, for the sensation side of things. But um, as you sort of mentioned, when nerves that uh, supply muscles are unfortunately having to be sacrificed, there is going to be impact on things. And yes, shrugging by itself, as you said, is not necessarily that you can still move your shoulder and still be functional with that, but it does in turn cause other problems with the, you know, you might think we're just doing the neck, but the shoulder is closely related to the neck and so can cause um, problems with the shoulder as well. So that definitely needs to be something that we address. Um, When it comes to this type of surgery, are there any restrictions? Are there any movements or things that people shouldn't be doing in that initial period after their surgery? Yeah, after lateral neck dissection, just like auxiliary clearances, no driving for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's um, um, sadly a lot of you know metastatic thyroid cancer patients are young women. You know, um, so it, it really does impact on job, study, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So no driving for one month is uh, one of the restrictions. Um, but again, you know, like the theme that we've discussed before, movement is very important. And, you know, it's the neck more so than even the shoulder. People have a tendency to just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A little robot turn. Little robots, yeah. not, you know, and, and that really, uh, uh, that, that can be sometimes even worse than the um, auxiliary clearances, whereby you can actually get a frozen neck if you're not careful. So we do emphasize a lot of movement after lateral neck dissection. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's important to do. The other restrictions um, that we sort of emphasize after neck surgery is obviously no extreme movement. So even while you have movements, not to have extreme ones, um, whereby you're sort of craning your neck to look up or, you know, um, you know, even simple things like doing up your shoes where you sort of really some you know, where you sometimes really have to flex your neck. Um, mm-hmm. That can also sometimes cause issues. Yeah, the head weighs quite a few kilos, and as soon as it starts <laughs> to tip forward, we realise how heavy the head can actually be at times. Um, you know, and sleeping, you mentioned sleeping, which, you know, we, we often don't think about that as doctors, but sleeping is, you know, it's really, you use your neck a lot while mm-hmm. you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of position of the head, um, the pillow, uh, is something that I get asked a lot about as well. So, mm-hmm. is it more just about uh, comfort and finding what works for each patient? Do you find yeah, every individual tends to be um, have their own way of. Uh, again, every surgery is different. Every person is different. So, what works for one patient is going to be different to the next. Sometimes it can just be a bit of trial and error on their side of things, can't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, good good equipment is important. Um, unfortunately, it's expensive. A lot of 
you know, as you know, a lot of um, orthopedic, orthotic uh, equipment, they, they do cost money. The good ones particularly cost money. Yeah. Uh, if only money didn't make the world go round. <laughs> All right. Um, so after a neck dissection, what can be expected for the first few weeks of recovery? Again, is there a lot of pain, a lot of swelling? Do things recover slowly, quickly? What can we sort of uh, expect? Yeah, um, not much pain, not much swelling with neck. Um, you know, in my experience, it actually tends not to. Lymphedema is not too bad of a problem, actually, with neck dissection. Mm-hmm. Um Pain is variable, but I think if a, a good functional neck dissection was done, the, the nerves were respected, planes were respected in the neck. Um, you know, it usually isn't too bad, really. And a lot of it is, again, psychological. A patient, you know, notices that there's a big scar and they tend not to want to move. But um, And, again, that's where Allied Health comes in a lot. Um, we just encourage and to motivate the patient to, to move, really. Uh, the a lot of problems that come after neck dissection is mainly related to metabolic, where we got to get their <clears throat> thyroxin dose right. We got to get sometimes they're on calcium tablets, and we got to get that right as well. So a lot of the adjustments and fine tuning, it's it's more about that than than anything else. And also the uh, you know a lot of these are young patients. Um, you know the the one that I did a month ago, she was twenty five years old with metastatic thyroid cancer you know so big operation she's recovered well she's coming to see you i think i think she may already have seen you um but you know the recovery there is uh, more more also psychological as well to, Absolutely. to diagnosis yeah as you mentioned um with with this surgery obviously there's a lot of uh scar uh tissue i guess and and obviously you mentioned that it's younger women are the the ones that are mostly being diagnosed with this um then when it comes to the appearance of the scar i tend to find a lot of my patients are a bit conscious of of the scar and i get you know women coming in with their hair sort of towards the side trying to to cover the scar do you have um any recommendations for your patients when it comes to maybe dealing with their scars or any products that you to recommend yeah, that's a big one. Um, you know, scar. If, if the if the incision is healing well with no infection, um, scar uh, remodeling creams or ointments, or silicon creams can be started within two weeks. Um, so you know, the 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 earlier we can start that, the better. It does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, sun exposure is a big thing. Uh, you know, the more a scar is exposed to sunlight or UV light mainly, um, the poorer the outcome. Um, obviously, a person's skin quality matters a lot. You know, uh, smokers, diabetics, um, people with poor skin with, you know, chronic sun exposure, um, people with previous scars, uh, you know, uh, obesity, they all impact on uh, the quality of, of scar. Uh, obviously, a patient's ethnicity matters a lot as well. You know, patients with darker skin, um, the scar will heal in a different way than patients with lighter skin. So that's another thing just to be to be aware about. And uh, movement, you know, if the scar is under tension all the time, if the, if the patient is unaware that they are, you know, putting tension on the scar, um, that will also 
um, cause poorer healing. So it's not just a product thing. It's, you know, modern society is all about, I've got a problem, please give me a product, you know. it's, it's more than that. The product is simply one of many, many factors. Nutrition, I've, I haven't mentioned nutrition. If you, you know, eat crap, crap in, mm-hmm. bad scar out. So yes, yeah. um, to put it in a crude way. So um, nutrition is so important when it comes to healing as well. So, mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of the time after surgery, we're just trying to make sure that, you know, we've got good movement and that, um, you know, pain is under control and we're trying to get back to, to normal as soon as possible. But as you said, if we give these scars love as soon as we can, it can make a big difference in the long term. obviously not just aesthetically, but also internally as well. Scars are not just external, they are internal as well. So it can yeah. make a big difference. To, to someone's recovery if we give those scars just a little bit of love 15 20 minutes a day is is all it takes to make sure a scar is is looking and feeling nice as well especially in an area that is obviously quite exposed people see it's a lot you know with breast surgery you usually obviously mostly are wearing clothing so it's not um as important in everyday circumstances but on the neck scars are, are a bit more visual so giving them a bit more love can uh, help with the as you said the mental side of things the confidence and those yeah. stuff, which is just as important as the physical as we, we agree on before mm. All right. Um, and I guess, again, you might say this is more of a me question, but when it comes to exercise or should we say movement after this surgery, <laughs> is yeah. there a specific sort or type of movement that you think is more important? Do you think it's more the up-down plane or the side-to-side or a bit of everything that's important for these patients? Oh, gosh, you're testing me now. <laughs> and we shouldn't forget the shoulder as well. But I think it's 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 I think it's great how we're sort of connecting the breast and the neck um together in this podcast in because the the shoulder and the neck are 360 degree joints, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So I think you know, I guess the best way to think about it is that the movement should incorporate all 360 degree of movement. But um again, I, I have to defer that to you. I think that's um uh, you know, we can only really give basic pointers, but ultimately I think the more detailed movement uh, uh, um, regimes should be should be outsourced. Um, yeah, that one, I'm not going to speak to that. most patients will naturally <laughs> recover most of it. Like, so if it was a, a good surgery, good outcome, a person is healing as expected, do you expect that they should regain full movement of their neck or is there naturally a little bit of restriction due to the nature of the surgery? No, I, 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 we expect them to regain full movement of the neck, you know, uh, unless we take muscle, there is a muscle that we that's sometimes taken, the sternocleidomastoid muscle, SCM. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rarely taken, but if it is taken, that will impact on the overall function and um strength of of neck movements but uh, unless that's taken which is uncommon uh, we do expect patients with the appropriate cancer rehabilitation to regain full movement of their of their um of their neck absolutely yeah i i always tend to get asked that question of of a lot of my cancer patients depending on where their surgery was or what it was should I most of the time you should expect to have a full recovery with our surgical techniques these days we do tend there is not usually a lot of reason why a breast surgeon 
that breast, breast surgery patients should not get full movement of their shoulder back. It, it, there, there's no real reason why these things shouldn't happen with the proper care and proper recovery. You should hopefully regain most of your movement and strength and, and all these sorts of things back. There's no real restrictions after your surgery. Once you're healed and you're pain-free and things are going well, you really should have no restrictions that remain if things are going well. And if they're not going well, they need to come see, see a cancer rehab physio to help get that sorted out. Agree. Agree. Awesome. All right. Um, well, I guess, is there anything else you wanted to add about either the breast cancer side of things or the thyroid cancer side of things that you think we might have missed or that you think is important? No, I think I think I'll just you know summarize what we've discussed over the last hour. In that you know I think um, I, I I think what you're doing is is amazing. I think you know it it definitely needs a lot more support uh, both from the medical community, uh, and I'm first to admit that we don't do enough um, really, um, uh, and and also government. I think you know I have to have a bit of politics into this and in that. Um, that's just not enough, you know, attention, one, and funding, two, mm-hmm. um, and resources directed towards cancer rehabilitation. You know, um, surgery, chemo, radiation is really only, you know, 50%. The other 50% just gets forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I just think in this day and age where everything moves so quickly, we also quote busy mm-hmm. that you know we sort of forget that 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 rounds off really um, the whole journey if there is a journey. And um, what what people don't realize is that that journey is not just a, a a point in time. You know, that journey you you live with a diagnosis of cancer particularly with breast and thyroid for the rest of your life. You know, it doesn't just end when you, when you finish your treatment. Um, And I think a lot of cancer rehab, which is a very exciting field. I, I, I'm personally quite interested in it myself. Um, There's, there's so much to do, I think. And it's, it's ongoing as many years. I think that's also another thing that I would like to say. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more, obviously. I think, um, you know, with the advancements of treatment that we have these days, we obviously have a lot more people who are surviving their cancer treatment, which is great. Thankfully, because of a lot of the funding and, and awareness that we put into trying to cure cancer or to improve our treatments of cancer. So I definitely understand the focus on needing to improve those treatments and Um, try to cure cancer but we are leaving a lot of people with the consequences of that um, sort of on on their own left to try to um, pull their life back together without that support so yes it's fantastic we can now um, get people into remission and and treat them better and chemotherapy drugs are fantastic but then what I think that's where it's sort of then we need to be helping these people pick up these pieces a little bit better, not just um, sort of going, okay, we've done our job now, off you go sort of thing. So I definitely think the survivorship side of things definitely needs to be, as you said, it's at least 50% of their journey is, is that bit after and we definitely need to 
um, be doing better when it when it comes to that. To re- uh, we forgot to talk about that word survivorship exactly you know, <laughs> yeah. cancer rehab slash survivorship and I think with the you know new new hospital um, Campbelltown Hospital eight hundred beds coming up uh, the new cancer center that's coming up private cancer center mm-hmm. um, that's that's our golden opportunity mm. Ab- absolutely it is is to to again patient centered care anyone who works in the medical field knows patient-centered care is definitely this the transition that the medical community is going into is to try to make sure that the patient is at the center of their care and I think um, a, a lot of fields are improving on this but I think oncology has been a little bit slow in in that and I do get the reason behind that is because a lot of patients don't know a lot about um the oncology, you know, what drugs and all these sort of names and stuff. So they do put a lot of faith in the oncology team to tell them what to do. And I think that's probably where I don't think that'll change too much, but it's those smaller things like, okay, would you like to be referred to a dietitian or a physio? Or what, what are you finding difficult and allowing that patient to direct their care a little bit more? I think um, with, the offering of other services um, will definitely um, help because accessibility, obviously, accessibility to services actually being there and being affordable is is important as well. So if with a new hospital, that's increasing accessibility. So hopefully that will mean that we get better um, patient satisfaction from their care, which is always what we are here for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Ong. I really appreciate the time you spent talking with me about um, obviously something we're both very passionate about. Um, And yes, thank you so much for your time today. All right. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. And I think, you know, what you're doing, Hope, in in the area and, you know, really not just for the area, for Sydney, is um, it's your pioneer, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, let us know if we can help you as much as we can and good luck. No worries. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Health Project podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you wish to connect with us, please search for the Positive Health Project on social media. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us via our website. We hope you can join us for the next episode of the Positive Health Project podcast.